0: This is Beat the Closing Line.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside NFL analyst for the lines.com, Eli Hershkovich. One of our premier analysts, and you know, every Thursday we have a special guest that's going to talk NFL betting and give us their perspective on the games for this week. Today we're gonna to be talking to Brad Allen, formerly of the lines.com and legal sports report, and now a gambling industry analyst for Islers and CryCheck gaming brad thanks for joining us today i know you just got off of a pretty long flight from las vegas so thanks for staying up how are you doing today
0: i have had about two hours sleep in the last 36 (laughs) hours but on the plus side i did grind about nine hours of nfl podcasts uh on the flight so i've got a lot of got a lot of ideas i don't necessarily have the numbers (laughs) written down so excuse me if i uh i'm not that precise but i feel like I i have a good idea of uh of what to expect
1: Uh, I give you credit for going through nine hours of podcasts on a 10-hour flight. I would have fallen asleep, but uh, (laughs) good for you. Before we get started on the interview, make sure to like this, subscribe, hit the notifications button on YouTube so you know every time we post a new video. And of course, if you are listening wherever you get your podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review for your chance to win an Amazon gift card and subscribe to beat the closing line on Apple Podcasts. Eli, I think you are going to start us off with the first question of the day.
2: Yeah, Brad, the only thing that's worse than getting two hours of sleep is talking about the commanders and the Bears. The the Bears are were one point favorites earlier in the week. I think up to minus one and a half. Now that's flipped uh to Washington minus one pretty much at every shop. There are some peckums still available. Totals dipped down from 40 and a half to 38 uh, as late as Thursday morning, early Thursday afternoon. The reports earlier in the week that and today that Dan Snyder was the reason why the commanders traded for, for Carson Wentz and he's off to a rough start. Justin Fields has performed a little better as of late over the last couple of games. So what are you looking to bet on Thursday Night Football, Brad?
0: I've got to say, I'm quite excited to bet the Washington football commander team here. Um, it's, it seems like... It, Obviously, the concern is this internal strife, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we kind of saw that last week with Caroline. I think sometimes the, qu- the team can quit um, on their coach, and you know, if he's if he's literally, you know, Ron Rivera is throwing his quarterback under the bus, and then this Dan Snyder stuff today. You do worry a little bit about the focus, but on the field, I feel like the matchups are great. Um, obviously, I think you're kind of buying low on the Commanders because they faced some demonic pass rushes in the last two weeks in the Cowboys and the Eagles, who've just destroyed them. Essentially, like Wentz has had no time, and Wentz holds onto the ball; he's got a long, loopy throwing action. So I think um, he's particularly susceptible to, uh, to, you know, to those types of pass rush and that's just the opposite of what we've got here. Chicago Bears pretty much dead last in any pass rushing metric you could look at like Robert Quinn by far the best pass rusher and he's you know like <laughs> he's he's well over the hill and uh, well past his best. So I'm expecting Wentz to have a lot of time and they do have good weapons the uh the commanders and that's you know that's one thing you can say for them and Wentz is willing to take shots down the field. Um and then just on the other side of the ball Chicago Again, it's an, it's another trench trench mismatch in my view. Chicago uh, last in the NFL in adjusted sack rate allowed, thirty second, and Washington D line very good, especially in the interior. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, um, and they're fourth in adjusted sack rate. So to me, you've got big edges on on both both sides of the ball um, in the uh, in the trenches.
1: We're going to stay in the NFC North for this next one. The Packers are coming off of a pretty disastrous second half against the Giants, and they also lost outright. Now, the look ahead line for the Packers Jets was Green Bay minus nine and a half. That's gotten bet down to pack minus seven with some minus seven and a half at minus one oh five available as well. Now, the Packers are 10 and zero against the spread and straight up after a loss under Matt LaFleur, which is the longest streak in Super Bowl era teams winning and covering following a loss. What side are you looking towards here?
0: Well, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this one because I was looking towards the Jets. Um, You know, I think the travel spot, obviously. Um, The Packers coming back from London, which there's a little trend going around. I think um, if, if if you've just come back from London without the bye week, the opposing team is going over their team total, I think, six out of seven times since they started not taking a bye. Um, which I think logically makes sense to me. And then obviously the Packers' resume is just really unimpressive now. Obviously, Bailey, Zappi, overtime at home, and then getting beat by Daniel Jones pretty comprehensively after, after the Lafleur script run out last week. They, they did nothing in the second half. Um, and I think what was most concerning about that, obviously I watched that quite closely as it was the London game, it was just how bad the Packers' receivers are, right? The the Giants were down their top two corners. Dory Jackson left that game. They, they were already missing their second best corner. And there was no separation. Like they were just, the Packers receivers were gloved up. And you would say the Jets have better corners, better defensive line than the Giants. So I think it's pretty concerning for the Packers. Um, I guess the only, the, the sort of concern I'm starting to have in, and what I'd be interested to get your take on is, could you say that last week, against the Patriots, they were looking You know, they were looking ahead to the London trip. Maybe they weren't that well prepared, I don't know. And then, obviously, you get the weird London game, which you could also maybe write off. Um, so you could possibly give them a pass if you are being generous.
2: Yeah, Brad, I'm with you. I'm on the Jets. I regret it a little bit. But to your point about the Packers' run defense, it's similar to the Patriots' script going back to a couple of weeks ago and the Giants, for that matter. You run the ball against this team. You milk the clock, which the Giants did so well in the second half, and granted, that's Brian Dable versus the Jets coaching staff, but for better or worse, we're both on the Jets at plus seven and a half, or plus seven, I'm okay with too, but over to another gross team that you would typically say is bad on offense, but this year, a little bit different, the Atlanta Falcons are five, five and a half, six point home dogs to the San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers tops in the NFL in Opponents EPA and opponent success rate overall on offense. So this 49ers defense is clicking on all cylinders under D'Amico Ryans. And while the Falcons got screwed against the, the Bucs last week with that Grady Jarrett personal foul, they're still 5-0 and against the spread this season. So total is around, I believe, 44.5. Any bet on the side or the total in this one?
0: Yeah, this this was just the the 49ers injuries, essentially, isn't it? They're really starting to mount on the defensive side. I've been the biggest 49ers fan all year long. I've gotten to win the NFC, win the NFC West, um, basically because of that defense. You know, I love the way they play, but could be missing Nick Bosa, Arik Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. Um, the corner, Emmanuel Mosley went down. The safety, Jimmy Ward's got a broken hand. So they could be without five starters this week, and you know, as you say, the the Falcons have been very competitive, covered five in a row. Like they're they're not a joke team anymore. And I think if you just if you have to go in there with missing half your starting defense and laying five and a half points, it, it just seemed a little bit too big for me, given uh, given the state of the, the actual teams on the field.
1: I need the Falcons to be a joke team because I'm trying to get to Atlanta for Pittsburgh. Steelers, Atlanta Falcons in December. And personally, I think the tickets are a little bit too high for my liking. So, you know, we need Atlanta to tank just so my wallet uh, can can feel a little bit better. But
0: you're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust to make you a better
2: sports better.
1: All right, on to the late afternoon game... The L.A. Rams are 10-point home favorites versus the Panthers. Neither Cooper Cup nor Aaron Donald practiced on Wednesday. Wednesday, You have P.J. Walker likely making his third career start. In for Baker, who is dealing with an ankle injury. Now, Baker has the second lowest quarterback rating over the first five games since the stat was invented. Only Jamarcus Russells was lower in 2008. The total for this game is sitting around 41, 41 and a half. Brad, what are you betting here?
0: Whoa. I mean, you'd be. I'm surprised to see the Rams laying 10, 10 and a half points here, um, given what they've put on the field so far. Um, we we know we're going to get a good effort from Caroline. Obviously, the uh, the um, you know the interim coach bump. I, th- I think I saw the stat that um, after a firing, teams were 17 and nine against the spread over the last few years. You know, just to sort of show that there is an extra effort, they, they are going to be focused. And as you say, Baker Mayfield's been terrible. So how much can we really downgrade them to to PJ Walker here? Maybe you know a point, two points, but I really don't think it could be much more than that. And then, so you, you look at their offensive output this year. Um, Carolina, as you say, terrible, thirty-first in uh, offensive DVOA, but the Rams twenty-sixth in offensive DVOA. Like they cannot block; they have no one that can really separate or scare a defense other than Cooper Cup. You know, like Ben Skaronic is is on the field for seventy percent of the snaps, and just no one is scared of him. So. I think the, the Carolina defense is solid. They've got Brian Burns, they've got Derek Brown. They've got enough up front, I think, to to you know still mess with this Rams bad offensive line. Um, and I think they've got good enough corners that you double cup and you're just not scared of anyone else. And again, you're, you're getting 10 and a half points. So um, you know, I, I can see this one ending like 20 to 10. Um, but yeah, I, the Rams are still being priced like they're a good team. Um, but <laughs> e- e- even last year... Well, when Odell went down in the Super Bowl, they were not a good team. They couldn't move the ball um, in the second half of that that Super Bowl game against the Bengals. And now, obviously, the offensive line is much, much worse with the left tackle gone. So, yeah, I I just think this is just an inflated line for a bad team.
2: It's interesting. And and granted, the Rams are a bit different than the Packers in terms of the adjustment on the look line, specifically for this week. But you look at drop back EPA for Stafford and Rodgers, and they're both in the back half of the league yet is the market has the market still not adjusted enough for the Packers offense minus Devonte Adams. Like you mentioned with those receivers and then with the Rams, when they can't block for Stafford and at the wide receiver position beyond Cooper cup, who's banged up, what else do you have an old aging Allen Robinson? So good points by you, Brad. And, Over to another unappetizing game, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Two bad defenses, unlike the Rams and the Panthers. Like you mentioned, the Panthers a little bit underrated up front. This line was Cardinals minus three earlier in the week. It's down to Cardinals minus two and a half, minus 110 both ways, pretty much across the board. And both defenses are bottom 10 in the NFL in opponents expected points added overall and opponents' success rate. Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Mo mentioned this on our podcast earlier in the week that they're kind of resembling the 99 Rams in terms of an explosive passing attack. So are you back in the Seahawks as around a field goal point dogs at home? Or are you taking the, the Cardinals to bounce back after a competitive game against the Eagles last week?
0: I am. I'm big into the Seahawks here. I mean, they are like top three in every offensive metric. You know, you know all these charts that like the PFF guys are putting out, like Geno Smith is... He's, he's best in the NFL like they're, they're number one in offensive DVOA and it's the same for success rate explosive plays um, and it we've seen them slowed down basically by the 49ers who obviously got an elite pass rush the Seahawks are young tackles and that's probably how you stop them because Gino's playing well and the skill we know the receivers are very good so you can slow them down with an elite pass rush but the, the Cardinals don't have that um, so you, I think you can bet them on the full game um, but I think probably the best way to get it is is Seahawks' first half plus one or Seahawks' first quarter, if you can get plus a half. Um, because you, you've probably seen the stat going around. that The Cardinals, I don't think, have scored a, a point in the first quarter this year as a, a testament to the Cliff Kingsbury script. Um, where, where, and, yeah, they're, they're 31st in points per game in the first half, whereas Seattle is 6th in points per game in the first half. Um, they have been good on scripted plays. You know, they... Sort of a, was it Shane Waldron? He's a he's a descendant from McVeigh and Shanahan and, and we know how they like to script the the first 15 plays. So getting getting the far superior offense, equally bad defenses, um, and they're they're getting points at home. Um, this line was actually the same um in the offseason, you know, the look ahead lines from over the summer was Cardinals minus two and a half. And I would argue the Seahawks are being far, far superior to what we would expect. And the Cardinals have been much worse than we would expect. And this line has not moved. And yeah, that, that seems pretty wrong to me.
1: Even if you don't have a bet on this next one, one of the biggest games on the slate is going to be Bills at Chiefs. The look-ahead line was Bills minus one. It did touch minus three earlier in the week, but now it is back down to two and a half. Mahomes is seven zero and one against the spread as an underdog, pretty much performing at his best in his career when the betting market undervalues him. Any side for you in this game, or would you consider teasing Kansas City up?
0: Yeah, I don't think you're you're not gonna you're not gonna lose money teasing my homes, are you? <laughs> up, to, up to eight points. Um, I think I think this basically depends on whether you think that Andy Reid has the good plays, whether he's got the good plays in his playbook over here, and then you know the plays for the Raiders, whatever. Um, and I, I probably think he does. Like you, you see what he does off a buy off extra rest. You see what they did against the Bucks. Um, and you see what Mahomes does as an underdog which is probably you know it's all tied together isn't it so i would say if it goes back to 3 um and it might because the bills just they, you know they have been the superior team this year um i think i think the 3 is a buy just just because you know i think maybe Kansas City's season long metrics underrate how good they actually are if they, if they do want to be
2: you can follow Brad on twitter at brad allen nfl not only does he break down the NFL in a very interesting and intriguing way from a metric standpoint, from a market standpoint, but he also covers the sports betting industry too. And I saw you tweet this out, that you don't expect California to legalize sports betting, not only in 2022, but also it's not coming in your eyes in 2024. So what the heck's going on out West near Nicole, man?
0: Well, I mean, this has been an absolute debacle for the sports betting industry they you know they put in around 170 million this year to try and get um sports betting approved on the ballot online sports betting and basically the california tribes from day one said no like we're not going to let that happen because they don't want to lose control of of the gambling industry you know they're worried that people will go bet online and and not with not come to their casinos and they're worried that online sports betting will lead to online casino and so on and yeah they don't want to give up their sort of control over over that industry and so they spent hundreds of millions as well to stop it and it's you know the effort this year has failed like easily it's it's not got close you know it's it, it never stood a chance so a they burnt 170 million on on this effort which possibly never ever stood a chance from the outset and you know whether that's lobbyists saying yeah yeah we'll get it done you know um but without really truly understanding the sort of political situation in california um but then g 2 g2e this week jason robbins from DraftKings is saying yeah no we we, we think 2024 is more likely but at the same you know at conferences or at the same conference on a different panel you have the same california gaming leaders going no like, we're still not <laughs> going to want it unless like you know they basically don't want it at all or unless they can control the industry entirely via retail um so there would be no online and, and obviously you know Found your DraftKings would never support that anyway. So I really don't think it's happening in 2024 either. Unless you know, unless the industry just cedes entirely control of sports betting to the tribes, which which I can't see happening either. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be a long old slog in California.
1: As a former California resident, uh, I would tend to (laughs) agree with you. I don't think this one's getting over the finish line anytime soon. Brad, thank you so much for joining us, especially after a very long flight back from Las Vegas. If you are wagering this weekend, good luck with all of your bets. Eli, Mo, and myself will see you again on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone.